Chapter Seventeen of *The Girl Next Door* by Augusta Yule Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jennifer Dalman. Major Goodrich assists. During the week following Aunt Minerva's departure, the two girls had a busy life, taking charge of the unaccustomed tasks of housekeeping. But with all their absorbing occupations, the three were waiting on tiptoe of expectation for the reply from Major Goodrich and even captain brett could scarcely conceal his impatience as the days went by and no answer came at last one morning the mailbox contained a letter postmarked from pennsylvania and marcia carried it upstairs two steps at a time it was from the major he wrote is there any way that you can think of to furnish me with an idea of what the chinese for that expression maker of melodies sounds like the only way that occurs to me is to see whether by any faint chance li ching could write it in that romanized colloquial used by the missionaries that might give me an idea it's a hundred chances to one he doesn't know it if so just spell it out for me yourself in english the nearest you can get to it the reason i want to know is this there was a young fellow in hong kong at the british military station a military aide of promise, who had a magnificent singing voice. Everyone went wild over him there. He was the life of the garrison and in social circles as well. Many an evening we spent listening to one of his impromptu recitals, but what makes me suspect that he may be the one that we're after is that he foolishly went and married the daughter of a Chinese Mandarin from one of the Hong Kong Yemens he had been the means of rendering the father of some very important service and met the daughter quite by accident the whole affair was a rather remarkable story but i haven't time to detail it all to you now i saw the girl just once afterward she was a fascinating little creature with the golden butterfly pins in her black hair and her rich silk robe hung with jewels and her tiny bound feet but the young fellow's family back in england was furious about it eventually he cut loose from them entirely then he and his wife drifted away from the hong kong region up to amoy and finally dropped out of sight i imagine he adopted the chinese customs and habits and got to live at last very much like a native i've never heard of him since but i've a notion that he could be hunted up if he's still alive his name was carringford jack carringford we used to call him the point however is that the chinese called him by a name of their own signifying eminent singer or something of that sort very much the same kind of expression as that used on the bracelet and after a while we all got to calling him by it or some abbreviation of it pretty regularly i can't recall just what it is now for i haven't thought of it in years but i believe i would recognize it if i saw it written out in colloquial or any other english version get me that and i'll soon put you on the right track mightn't the little girl possibly be the daughter of carringford no she mightn't interrupted marcia indignantly at this point does cicely marlowe look like a chinese mandarin's daughter's daughter and certainly with her golden curls and big blue eyes and english roses in her cheeks they had to admit that she did not and besides that added janet her name isn't carringford 
that doesn't always signify remarked the captain it looks to me like a rather clear case if we can find that the chinese name agrees with the major's recollection of it i'd go down to the ship to-day but li ching is on shore leave and won't be back till to-morrow i'll see him then and find out whether he knows anything about this romanized colloquial i rather doubt it myself it's not much used outside of the missions i understand what is romanized colloquial anyway demanded marcia it sounds very mysterious no it's not a bit mysterious answered captain brett in order to understand about it however you must know this fact about the chinese language the written character is the same means the same all over the kingdom but it isn't pronounced the same in any of the different provinces in fact the spoken dialects are like entirely different languages it seems that the dialect of the fukien province has been reduced to a written form by the missionaries and called romanized colloquial it has been used for a good many years but it isn't especially recognized by official or diplomatic circles but a good many of the chinese boys who attended the mission schools learn it there it's just possible that li ching may have done so as he came from that region we can only wait and see if he doesn't know it he may be able to write out the chinese equivalent in some form of english script the next day the captain went down to the empress of oran and returned with a beaming face and a sheet of paper written on by li ching he knew it all right he announced learned it as a boy in the mission school at chiang chu here's what he wrote and he held the sheet of paper for the girls to see he's put the chinese characters on one side they have to be read from top to bottom you know next to them is the romanized colloquial and alongside that the english translation quite a pretty piece of work that gracious cried marcia frowning over the queer jargon i can't make a thing out of it or at least i couldn't if he hadn't put the english right along with the others oh this must be the name chock-cock-a-long maker of melodies did you ever hear such heathenish sounds well now we'll see what major goodrich has to say to that father will you send it right off to him at once announced the captain i'm just about as anxious as you folks now to get this mystery explained but the singular thing was that somehow the girls could not bring themselves to tell cicely much about these latest developments they thought it would make her feel strange and anxious to realize that there was a possibility of her being in any way related to a chinese mandarin's daughter and besides remarked janet suddenly when they were discussing it that's perfectly impossible anyway because her mother was english and cicely has lived with her all these years so this talk about mandarin's daughters and things is perfectly ridiculous that's so echoed marcia in relief i didn't think of it at first but anyway let's not tell cicely about it until we know more i do wish aunt minerva were here i haven't written her all about this because there's so much to explain i'd rather wait and tell her when she gets back 
she said that she was only going to be gone a little while and here it's nearly two weeks in three days an answer arrived from the major and as luck would have it cicely herself brought the letter upstairs with her as she came in the postman was just going to drop it in your box she explained and i asked him to let me take it to you and save you the trouble of coming down for it and she held it out to the captain aha he cried as he caught sight of the writing now we'll hear some news why what's the matter he had just glimpsed marcia and janet frantically signaling to him behind cicely's back don't you want me to open it oh not now explained marcia as nonchalantly as she could i want cicely to come out to the kitchen and help us make some fudge later will do and she dragged the wondering cicely down the hall while the captain stared after them muttering well of all the cicely stayed rather late that afternoon and for the first time in all their acquaintance the girls were not sorry to have her go so wild with anxiety they were to hear the major's letter no sooner had the door closed upon her than they rushed back to the captain what does he say they clamored end of chapter seventeen major goodrich assists